Give me warp in the factor of five, six, seven, eight. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Discussing Trek. Today, we're here to talk about Star Trek Lower Decks Season 4, Episode 4, Something Borrowed, Something Green. Like always, I'm your host, Clarence, and I'm joined by my fellow co-host slash Trekkie, Larry Irby. How you doing, man? I am doing great. A little tired, but we're going to get through it. Honestly, this episode had me asking the question, is Devana Tendi the most interesting officer in Starfleet? Question mark. <laughs> Maybe not the most interesting, but of course, she has some interesting backstory that we'll talk about in this episode that I found very fascinating. Well, we'll get into it. We'll, we'll get into it. All righty, then. First, I'd like to say welcome to anybody in the chat. Thank you guys for being here. We really appreciate it. Any Star Trek news that came up that you'd like to talk about before you dive into this thing? I did hear that the writers are close to an agreement if they haven't already signed one with the studios, which would be nice. Yes, that is a good thing. Although it doesn't, uh, it's not really an agreement for the the actors just yet, but this is the first, this is the first step to get the writers back. And at least we can get some things in motion, you know, some, some, some of those balls rolling a little bit in motion so we can start getting some of these productions up and running as soon as they complete whatever they're going to do with the actors Hopefully they get a good deal too. Uh, from what I heard from this one so far, it seems like it might be a pretty decent deal for the writer. So yeah, I'm, I'm glad they're, you know, kind of wrapping that up. <laughs> yeah. But other than that, I don't have any other news. So Larry, let's go ahead and get into our review of Star Trek Lower Decks, something borrowed, something green, which was written by Grace Para Janae and directed by Bob Suarez. Tindy is summoned back to Orion for a wedding. So if you have not seen this episode, put us on pause, go out, watch the episode, come back, because from this moment forward, spoilers. Spoilers. Red alert. All hands stand to battle station. What gives you the right? You cannot destroy an idea. The spoiler warning has been dropped and we are back to talk about this episode. Something borrowed, something green. Larry. What are your high-level thoughts of this episode, sir? I absolutely love this episode because, like I said, the first few episodes of uh, Lower Decks this year haven't really set my world on fire. There's, You know, I I liked them. I didn't think they were bad, but they were just, I was lukewarm, especially towards the first couple. But this was, to me, back to Lower Deck form. Of course, I've always said this is a great episode when you get that, um, like I said, Firefly, they did like where you had the one person on the crew who seemed to be the least harmless, but it turned out this person <laughs> had a sordid backstory that you have no clue about. Are we talking about Summer Glau there? <laughs> no, actually not. No, who are we talking about? No, okay, talking about talking about Shepard. Oh, Shep, yeah, the, yeah. the late late Shep. great Ron Glass. Yeah. And Shepard, he had a lot of <laughs> lot of things about Shepard that we never got to find out, unfortunately. So my high level thought of this episode, I thought it was a good one. It was very original for my opinion, filled in a lot of the gaps of some, well, some of the gaps of some of the things we may have thought about the Orions, maybe put a different spin on the Orions for, um, you know, this current generation. So I thought all of that was very interesting, very well done. 
before we came on, we were kind of talking about the history of the Orions. Do you think we've evolved from that first time we saw Vina dancing as an Orion in the cage? Have we evolved much from that point? We have somewhat, probably not as much as we needed to. The Orions are still pretty stereotyped as belly dancers slash pirates slash thieves. And then I've got to be honest, my show, Discovery didn't really help much with that. Yeah, Osiro was a bit of a tyrant there. So <laughs> then again, we did get to see in Discovery, we did get to see the young um, Orion officer. Yes, we did. Uh, we On did. The mission with Tilly. That was, right. That was and the, the one young man who was a, uh, a Tellerite. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, so yeah, it's give and take. But even Enterprise, you know, when they had that, where they were trying to sell to Paul. So I, I told you before we came on air, I got to meet the second Orion ever filmed. And that was, of course, Yvonne Craig, who also portrayed Batgirl, for those who don't know. I got to meet her many years ago at a convention. It's very cool. Yeah, man. It's it's been interesting to see how they've kind of spend it and or spin the story of the Orions to something slightly different. But they still honestly, even in this episode, they still have kept all that stuff we've heard long ago about the pheromones and the the slave girls and all this stuff and even the women being in charge now i mean they kind of kept all of that and and threw it in this episode and made it all make sense and we've kind of been wondering from the first time we saw tindy on screen like what's the deal here or orion and starfleet and to see how far she is different from that but still so close it still is is very interesting she's kind of left all that behind she's moved on to uh pardon the pun greener pastures with Starfleet. So yeah, yeah. She she's given away all that she has built up over there to to be a scientist. I love the fact that Tendi, she it's not because somebody said, Oh, it seems like they've made her ashamed of her of her people. Well, I think any of us would be ashamed if people did certain things that were bad, but it doesn't mean she's completely I think she's more ashamed like that how of how rich she is and privileged she is and you know she was raised to be an assassin and uh mistress of the winter constellations <laughs> and right so yeah yeah this was fun for me especially the side get like the the whole thing with rutherford and boimler it was fun a little bit i didn't find it that humorous but the whole thing with Tendi, I just, I just was in love with that. I was like, especially Mariner. No yeah. matter where she was, she got stabbed in the same spot. Yeah, you know, it was. And I'm gonna pick up a few comments in a second. But it was, it was really fun to see Mariner still be silly, but take a back seat. And I feel like it wasn't as jarring yes. and as uh, turn offish that she was just kind of the the, the background jokey joke character. She wasn't the main character <laughs> in all this silliness. So I, I, I really love Marin in this episode. That's great. She, she was really funny. And, you know, they kept with the getting stabbed gag. And we see the difference from Mariner and Talyn. Talyn is there on a, you know, it's a girl's trip, but she's there on a scientific, <laughs> she's trying to research and, and more find out more about the Orions. Mariner's here to party, she says from the beginning. <laughs> She even gets, you know, happy about the brothel they go into or the club slash brothel. So, and also, you know, the fifth largest house in the Orion Syndicate. 
the Tindy household, which, wow. Um, and, and Marin was loving all that. So I thought it was great. So a few comments here. Winter Gray says, we saw a pretty competent woman Orion in TAS. If you recall, she was in charge of an alliance trapped in another dimension or something. I've seen very little TA, TA, uh, an animated series. Maybe uh, Ryan Harkin chime in there. But I heard our friend Charles Kelso from the Earth Station Trek podcast say they weren't even pronounced as Orions in the original series. He said they were pronounced as Orions. Did, 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 do you recall that at all, uh, Larry, or I, anybody I, in the chat? I do not. Hey, I'm not saying he's not <laughs> wrong. I would just go back and have to look because, I mean, now we talking from the beginning of the Kirk time or no, no, we no. talking about the cage? No, just he's the animated series only. Just the oh, animated okay, series. Okay, so, okay. so he said that somebody may have pronounced it wrong and they had to just go with it. You know, because because uh, again, go listen to his show where he's talking about this Earth Station Trek podcast. But he says that a lot of the times they only got one take for a lot of stuff. So maybe somebody just said it wrong and it kind of just they didn't want to they want to keep keep the continuity there for them. And he also said the Orions were slightly more blue than green in the animated series. So maybe somebody can uh, <laughs> enlighten us on that. I found it very interesting. But Tasha says here that the Orions have come a long way. And I have to agree. You know, I kind of like what they did with them in Enterprise by trying to flip it a little bit. I thought that was very interesting. And of course, as you mentioned before, once we get to the new Trek, uh, I thought Os- Osiro was fun in Disco. And, you know, she kind of played into the stereotype of the pirates thing that we think the Orions would be. And even in Strange New Worlds, we you don't forget we got the 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 scene that a lot of people hated from Strange New Worlds when Pike had the Orion ship and he is <laughs> and he did the R and the people didn't like it too much. But I think that was that was the Orions as well. So we've seen quite a lot of them in New Trek and I've enjoyed a lot of it as well. Well they're one of the legacy uh species that you don't hear a lot about like us before we came on the air i said jj abrams did a lot because you know he had um the actress uh in that one who played um an orion yeah uh, with beautiful red hair i'm a fond of that she was in a continuum if anybody's ever seen that sci-fi show it's phenomenal but um i love that and she and ahura there's a there was actually other footage with her and uh, Zoe Zaldana as a horror that was uh, not used. So mm. she actually had a bigger role in that movie than the little bit we saw just the her and uh, Kurt, you know, little yeah. private time. <laughs> <laughs> so technically she was kind of the first or- or- Orion in Starfleet, but alternate universe. Kind of. I guess. Well, let me ask you this. What do you think about this reoccurring thing we have in Star Trek of the first, you know, Elnor, the first Romulan, um, what well, Nog, the first Ferengi. We keep kind of doing this thing, the first one in Starfleet, and it's always a big thing. Have we kind of worn that out at this point? Slightly different spin we have with have here with the Orions. Is that enough to to make it interesting and exciting? Well, I think anytime I think there's a first, especially if it's a species who the Federation was not cool with at one time. And you got to look at one time, the Ferengi were not cool with the Federation. The Klingons were, I mean, Worf, they talk about Worf being yeah. the first Klingon to graduate. Start. Now, I don't know, was Worf the first in there? But it's just like, 
Spock was the first Vulcan to yeah. graduate from Starfleet Academy. He wasn't the first Vulcan in Starfleet, but he was the first to graduate from the Academy and come up. So yeah. um, the same thing. I don't think it's really worn out. I think it's kind of like like uh, the Cardassian. I really would love. I mean, we have a Cardassian president mm-hmm. in Discovery time. That's cool, man. Yeah. Because I think about how much they used to be enemies. Yeah. And now the president of the Federation is a uh, well, she's half Cardassian, and I'm not sure what else. But honestly, that's one of the things I really loved about that season of. Well, I guess it was the last few seasons of Discovery, but also one of the things that really kind of had me wanting more because it kept hinting at at DS9 stuff, you know, sort of like they kind of did in the last seasons of Picard. They were hinting at DS9 stuff and we even got changelings, but they kept hinting at that in Discovery and we didn't really get a lot of it. So yeah, maybe, maybe we'll get more of that in the latest season of Discovery. So let's get into the episode a little bit. We go to Orion the first time we've been there and this is an animated form pretty cool did you really expect this family this house structure kind of that we had going on here with with tendy being kind of the one of the elite houses that that was very interesting to me and she's even the even the prime of her family you know you would think in most other cases it would be the eldest male heir or, or you know something like that but in this case it's tendy the the oldest female heir i'm assuming in this case is the prime of the family Maybe it's the oldest. Yeah, maybe just the oldest. Period. Doesn't have it now. I absolutely expected this a hundred percent, and I'm gonna tell you why. Because when you have somebody like Tendy who's so tentative, oh well, we're just a regular family. (laughs) I bet you her family is one of the like the head of the syndicate, (laughs) and I wasn't far off her. She said her family is one of the top. Three, didn't she say? At least in top five, yeah. Top five, yeah. In the syndicate, <laughs> oh, Tasha just said that um, President Relic was human, Cardassian, and Bajoran. Awesome, but yeah, I love when they get there and they immediately put them on that. What it's called, the litters. Uh, I don't know what they, they lift. I think yeah, they like, lift them yeah. up. Yeah, yeah. And I, I, that was just perfect to me and to Lynn. The, in fact, I don't know her name, but the actress that uh, does to Lynn, she's voiced stuff before. She's amazing. Yeah. I love have her addition. Love it. We kind of talked about that last week and pretty much everybody I've heard talk about this season, Lower Decks, it's like a universal love of this to Lynn character. You know, it's just enough. And I said this last week, but it's just enough to ground the craziness from the other characters. And it's kind of what the show has been missing. So I'm, I'm loving it. Yeah. I like to Lynn. And she's just like doing her. And, you know, I love it when they're taking them through and they get their house and her mom. And she's just like, but I love it. The embarrassment is not because they're Orion's. It's just a kid being embarrassed to be there yeah. with their mom yeah. and dad. And you can see the mom runs the show. That's just there. Yes, it reminded me a lot of the scene we had in Strange New Worlds of Spots. Uh, to, yeah. uh, to bring, uh, to bring mom, mom. And dad. Yeah, yeah. Very similar. Yeah, it was very similar. But I found it so interesting in this, uh, this episode of how, although Tindy has, has tended to or tried to stray away from a lot of these things that she grew up with, you know, being the, the assassin in the prime of her family, it seems like now she's 
Now, I don't even know if it's shameful of it, but she just kind of put all that completely behind her. And it's so funny when it comes up and she runs into the next person and they're like, oh, that's, you know, like she's a superstar, basically. And um, that that was just so funny to me because she's in, in many ways, she's such a humble character to me. Out of all of the Lord Deckers, yeah. she's probably the most down to earth as far as, you know, uh, being eccentric and stuff is like Baumler and Mariner is. But yeah, I, I I just found that very interesting and fun that she goes there and everybody's fawning over her. And, you know, she's a star. She's a star there, man. No doubt. Like, I love, you know, they get to the door. Wait your turn. It's like, oh, mistress, <laughs> mistress. I did not realize it was you. It's like, <laughs> oh, it's okay. You know, she just tried to play it off. Like, I'm really nobody here, but obviously you're somebody. Yeah. And also we learned that she's such a badass and it has nothing to do with the pheromones. She's just a badass. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and we even hear that not every Orion woman uses those or has those. And of course, Tindy does the most science thing ever by concocting a anti-pheromone device. <laughs> well, here's the thing. Remember this, too. Different writers do different things. So that whole thing with the pheromones and all this stuff, that's all up in the air. Sometimes they mention it. Sometimes they don't. Just depends. Like in Discovery, I don't think that ever came up. Never came up. And I also don't know when they, even when they're in the brothel Uh with uh, Giorgio. Yes. and, and, um, And that's in the, before they went into the future. Mm-hmm. And, and they're in the brothel. Nobody said anything about pheromones. Yeah, we saw Clint Howard, <laughs> the the man, the legend. Oh, he's man everywhere, man. Legend. <laughs> but yeah, but the Orions, I, I definitely have always loved. I actually uh, made an Orion character on uh, Star Trek Online. Awesome. Yep. You know you have to give us screenshots. You can't just say it and never mention it again. <laughs> if I could ever pull it up again. We'll be waiting for those. Uh, and yeah, I, when it gets down to it, I think they tried to... It seems as if they tried to make both of these storylines. We'll get to the Bormler thing in a minute. But it seems as, as if they tried to make these storylines both have the same moral. Really, it's just mm-hmm. to talk to each other, I guess is kind of what they were saying. Just talk it out. And it's a classic thing of... You know, I... I you know, I... Thought a lot about the prodigal son kind of thing when I was thinking of Tindy with this as well. But, you know, she's the top of the family and she leaves and wants to go off and do her own thing. And this next person in line has to to take over the family and kind of run things. And she doesn't think she's ready. But, you know, Tindy thought she was ready. So I I knew I bet I told I bet money. I said, I know when that, that her sister didn't get uh, kidnapped. If she got kidnapped, it was probably like by another. I didn't know if she kidnapped herself, but she got <laughs> kidnapped. It's by a rival Orion who wants, who actually wants her to marry him. So he didn't kidnap her, like you know. But turned out she kidnapped herself, and her sister's a badass man. Oh yeah. And again, that's the, the Erica. One. Yeah, the Erica. The Erica. That's the best one with Mariner too, where she actually got down behind the thing. Okay, I'm staying out of this. I'm staying, and then she throws the knife. Tindy blocks it, hits the thing, oh, and then goes Mariner. She said, "Oh, seriously? Talk about seriously. your bad luck, man. Talk about your bad luck." That was a good gag. Yeah, it was. It was. <laughs> 
like I said, I really enjoy Mariner. And again, uh, to Lynn and actually Wingrace puts in the chat here to Lynn sanity <laughs> for our basketball yeah. people out there. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but Lynn yeah, sanity. See, I like Wingrace. Wingrace is like me. He's a <laughs> he's a nerd of all cultures. Because like me, I, I'm sci-fi, sports, and music. But uh, Talyn was great. Again, loved her grounding everything. And this was low-key a girl's trip. You know, I really that really didn't come to me at the very beginning, but it, that's definitely what it, it is and what it turns out to be. So, yeah, we get a girl's trip in Star, in Star Trek. Loved it. It was great. Um, so let's talk about the other storyline, which admittedly, uh, I know you said it's one of your favorite episodes or your favorite episode of the season so far. I kind of hated the Boimler stuff, the Boimler or Brotherford stuff in this episode. I kind of blocked it out. Uh, it was it was not good. It not was good, not. Man. It was not. And to be such a great, like I would just have rather them done an entire episode of Tendi Mariner and Talin. Yes, on Romulus, then keep jumping back to that because the well, it was the B plot, and the B plot is the B plot for a reason. Yeah. Right. Yeah. But it was it was so because it's like what and now they're done. yeah and then the Mark Twain thing now when <laughs> the two of them are doing the Mark Twain thing I thought it was funny yeah just the two of them but when they're trying to get the captain and the the alien yeah I wasn't really into it, it. it yeah it was a case of taking it too far and then the bonsai now I know that character the alien characters from uh, some other TNG episode but. But yeah, I could I could care less. About I forget any of that word. What Wingrace is in here? I know he probably knows what or Tasha knows. I've seen that creature, that species before. But I, I oh, I know where it was. I bet it was the one where Captain Picard and them were locked up and they were kidnapped, and it turned out to be the um, the cadet. Was the one who had actually arranged for it, member? Yeah, I think I there remember that. There were four of yeah. them in that place. Yeah. I think that was that species. <laughs> the one that wanted to eat, you know, and he asked him, how long can you go without food? And he oh, said, wow. yeah, what's the name? said, that was it. Chanoth from TNG season three. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, man. Yeah. That's uh, why oh. I knew I recognized them with the protruding and the fangs. Yeah. But I could not place it for a minute. Yeah, Wingrace also says it was al- almost like they were afraid they would lose the goofy loving audience if they <laughs> didn't throw in a zany subplot. Have we taken that risk of where we haven't shown certain characters at all in the, in a uh, Lower Decks episode? I don't know. Sometimes less is more. Yeah, agreed. So totally you agreed. don't always have to have and you like even strange new worlds sometimes. And you know, I I, I speak out of love, but even strange new worlds sometimes has that. Where they're trying to have too many plots going on at one time. Yeah. And Discovery was the king. Oh, boy. Yeah. Of having too many plots going on <laughs> at the same time. Like, I just watched Discovery and there were like 15 storylines going on at the same time. <laughs> Love it, but still. Yeah. And of course, there's a Times Arrow reference with that as well. Um, let's talk about the Cole Open. Cole Open, man. We once again got a ship being destroyed, but in this case, it was an Orion ship. And in this case, they weren't being sought after. They actually attacked this mystery vehicle and they got destroyed. So I felt like that was that was, you know, a little bit interesting. They're not they're not they don't care about everybody. So they, it seems like they might be targeting a, a specific group of people 
And in this case, the Orion ship was in the wrong place at the wrong time. Here's a question. Are they being destroyed, though? Oh, man, this keeps coming up. This keeps coming up. Are they being destroyed? Are they being downloaded? Are they being sent to another? I mean, what's going on here? Because if they're being destroyed, that would be kind of dark for Lower Decks, (laughs) man. I mean, Lower Decks had one crew die, and I thought that was kind of dark. That one uh, ship where the captain didn't want the plastic peeled off and the, the pack lids destroyed them. Yeah. Or whatever. But, man, that would be pretty dark, though, man. Uh, I'm not so sure, but we did see. They actually showed the people being disintegrated. I know. And I was just like, are they going there? Okay, maybe they are. But it could be the case they're being phased out to some other mystery realm or something. I mean, if they are... Then I'm 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 okay with it. That's Star Trek. You know, we always have, oh yeah, this outpost was destroyed. Hey, go find out what did it. You know, I did feel it was kind of cruel because we had the guy from the Wedge Dudge episode, the the one who uh babysitted the Targ and took over the ship and became captain of the ship. Yeah. He got destroyed. I'm like, no, I like that guy. Come on, man. So who Yeah, knows? that that was cool. I, I liked all these little side gag now see that's when lower decks works clarence like i love the thing with the with the the romulan ship where he's like oh, god i hate torturing <laughs> remans yeah it just gets in and you can't get it out of your clothes you know and it's, yeah. it's a really morbid dark but he's like talking about yeah you know, you are probably the one scheming to replace. Of course, I want you dead, but I always love when they show these other races in Lower Decks. Do you think there's a possibility of ever, and not even just in an animated form, but do you think there's a possibility of ever getting a show? And I think DS9 might be the closest we've been to this, but ever get a show that's not centered directly around Starfleet? I mean, could we be have a Klingon show or have a Orion show. Do you think that's a possibility as we try to branch out and do different stuff? Is is that something they could do? I can emphatically say no. <laughs> I it, it's hard enough to make people like stuff when there's just a bunch of humans and one or two aliens thrown in. If you DS9 was the one, I mean, you literally had you had Cisco and you had Jake and you had Bashir. Those are the only three humans you had. Okay, everybody else, most of them looked human, but for in show, they weren't. Okay, and of course, you had uh, Miles, you had Miles, I think I forget, but you had all these different, and it was cool that you had main characters that were not humans that were part of the main plot. That was very cool. That was one of the things that still to this day made DS9 stand out. Uh, Let's pick up a few comments right quick in reference to the ships being destroyed. I think when Grace is saying two thoughts, that could be the dimensional shift transport from T and G. Hmm. Interesting. Interesting. Or they only kill the people that attack them first, which was only the Orion so far. That's interesting as well. The Orions attacked and that's the only ones we really saw disintegrated. So up close. So. Yeah, maybe they have alternative motives to actually capture these people. Who knows? And Tasha says, I don't think the crew is being killed. So we'll see, man. That's <laughs> As far as setting up a mystery, I think they, they're they doing a good job. 
And it's a mystery. It's not like a discovery mystery box. It's just a mystery because there's really no clues. We just uh, we have nothing to go on. I think the episode with, um, of course, of um, Strange New Worlds with Mariner and Boimler going mm-hmm. over to live action. I think they wanted a lot of people over. I think yeah. there are quite a few people who are watching this show in a different light now. And just realize that a lot of the goofiness is just based around the medium that it is. It is an animated medium. So things are going to be, it's like, did you see this episode? Look how bigger Rutherford is than Boimler. In real life, uh, uh, Boimler or Jack Quaid is very much taller. But it seemed like Mariner was taller this episode. I don't know if it was just me or Talyn and Tindy are just short. She looked. She's way taller than those two characters, from what I could tell. She seemed huge in this episode. So I don't know if they're trying to maybe put them more in line with their real life characters. Uh, what's know. my boy that uh, voices um, Rutherford? Uh, Eugene Cadero. Eugene Cadero. Great. Can't wait to see him in Loki season yeah. two. But and he's short. Yeah, he's he a lot shorter than, than yeah. Jack and Tani. But I, I think people are looking at that and going, wow, these characters are this way in this medium, but you take them out of that medium and put them in another one. And don't get me wrong, they were still silly. Yeah. In, uh, you know, Strange New Worlds. But I think there's quite a few people I'm seeing who are either started watching Lower Decks or either giving it another chance because of that appearance. Totally agreed, man. And and as far as this season goes thus far, I've... I've enjoyed it. I really enjoyed it. I mean, there's been some misses, but there also been some really great episodes like like this one we're talking about tonight. And with that, let's go ahead and get our ratings for this episode. If you're listening in the chat, drop your rating in the chat. Tell us how you like this episode. So, Larry, how would you rate this episode? Okay, I'm going to give this one because, as I said, the Boimler and Rutherford thing brought brought the episode down a tiny bit for me <laughs> so i'm gonna go with a 4.6 oh wow wow big talk. i really love this love big this talk. episode and i think i'm gonna be at about a 4.3 on this one I, okay. I i i enjoyed it i enjoyed it filling in some of the gaps making tendy even more of a fan favorite because i like the character she was always one of my favorite characters and and now it just it just kind of solidified that she's one of the first characters we saw. Am I correct? Yeah, I believe so. When she first got to the Cerritos and we're like, and she walks in and she's all gleeful and <laughs> bright eyed. And oh, boy. Yeah. Yeah. We're seeing growth in these characters, man. I'm loving it. That Tasha mentioned that earlier about how Mariner's growth and a lot of people have said that, OK, if we're just going to keep doing the same thing over and over, even though it's, you know, animation, what's the point? But you can honestly see that the characters are, I'm glad they moved them out of the lower decks of the bunks. Uh You know, I'm glad the show's changing. It's not just, you know, like Maggie, and I'm no diss to the Simpson. You know, they are holier (laughs) than now. But I mean, come on, the kids have been kids for 30 years. Maggie's been a baby for over 30 years. Yeah, no, nah, I get it. I've never been a Simpsons fan, but but yeah, I, I totally get it. So Tasha gives it four out of five bonsai plants. So we kind of did yeah. last week. We did items. I forgot all about it. 
But Wingray saying in the chat, my biggest stamp of approval is I would have no problem rewatching it right away. Yeah, I've, I've watched this one quite a few times at this point and, and enjoyed it every time, except the Boimler part. <laughs> I, would, I always have to rewatch them because by the time they air on Thursday and we do the review on Monday, I got to rewatch. Yeah, yeah, it's so long. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And I guess we're going to kind of wrap it up there. Thanks to each and every one of you guys for being in the chat. It's been a lot of fun and can't wait to see what comes up next week hopefully we'll start to get the unfolding of the mystery of this mysterious ship and you know see where that's going but i'm enjoying it so far so larry thanks for joining hey thanks for having me and to everyone in the chat till next time live long and prosper Thanks for listening to the Discussing Trek podcast. For more information, go to discussingtrek.com slash subscribe. been listening to the discussing network find out more at discussingnetwork.com